Tale to Tell, Old Testament. Story 1. How it all began. Have you ever wondered how the world was created? I have. And even though some clever people say one thing, and other clever people say something else, the truth is, I don't know. No one does. Because you see, I wasn't there. No one was. I wasn't watching over the creator's shoulder as he took absolutely nothing and turned it into something. Or when at a word, he started the sun blazing in all its glory. He didn't ask for my advice when he formed the world and separated the land and sea, or when he hurried the stars on their journey into deepest, darkest space. He didn't discuss with me how tall the cedar tree should be, or how many leaves the clover should have, or where the animals and birds should live, or even how many insects there should be in a single tree. How he did it all, I don't really know. But what I do know is that God planned it, This didn't just happen. It wasn't some terrible experiment that went tragically wrong. No, God meant to create the world and all that's in it. Also, I know that God made it to show us how great he is, so that when you look at a giant snow-covered mountain or the wing of a tiny fly, you can see the creator's hand at work and praise him. And I know this as well. God planned all this to show us how much he loves us that he can take care of all our needs, so that all we should learn to do is trust him. But imagine if you were there when the world was first created, and it was just a ball floating in space, covered in raging seas. Then, at a word from the creator, the seas start to go down, and the sky appears as that thin blue halo surrounding the world that you can see in pictures taken from outer space. And then another day, and God speaks again, and the water goes down further, and dry ground appears. Imagine if you were walking on that dry ground. Oh yes, the winds might be howling and the seas raging, but this is a lifeless world. Then, at a word from the Creator, trees start racing up towards the sky, to see which will be the tallest, the strongest and the broadest. While all around, bushes and plants start to appear, and green races out to cover every square centimetre of this new world that the Lord has made. And then, the air suddenly filled with a wonderful fragrance, as the flowers start to appear in all their glory, as if saying thank you to the Creator for the new life they've been given. That night you sleep well on a bed of soft moss, and the next morning as you get up, you hear the Creator's voice again. And suddenly, you have to cover your eyes, for a huge ball of light has appeared in the sky. Oh yes, there was light before, but now the Lord has made the sun, and it's blazing down with warmth and light, and the flowers and leaves all turn to face it and rejoice in its warmth. That night, you sleep under a new moon, a brand new moon, as it softly shimmers down in all its glory while the stars laugh and twinkle in the sky, as if marvelling at the wonderful things God has done. The next morning you get up and taste some of the new fruit that's appeared on the trees and bushes, and as you taste the fruit, you hear the Creator's voice again. As he stops speaking, it's like 10,000 times 10,000 tiny voices all start singing at once. The Lord has created the birds, and they're trying out their voices, as if praising the Creator for the new life that they've been given. And then they try out their wings, soaring into the sky. A silent world, 
and the still world has become one full of noise and motion. As you watch the birds flying around, you make your way down to the sea, and as you walk along the shore, you see schools of fish nibbling at the seaweed, and there, just beyond the shallows, you see a giant black object below the waves, making its way to deeper water. The Lord God has created the fish and the creatures of the sea. The next day you're woken early as the birds welcome the sun and the new day. And as you get up to have some fruit and explore some more, you hear the creator's voice. At first, it's not altogether obvious what's happening, until a bit later you feel something rubbing against your leg. And as you look down, you freeze in terror, for right there beside you is an enormous tiger, sniffing at your leg and trying to work out what you are. But it's okay. For now, tigers aren't dangerous because nothing bad has entered this world yet. Anyway, before long the tiger loses interest and wanders off into the forest. And as you watch him leave, you feel something tapping at the top of your head. As you turn round to see what it is, to your horror you find yourself staring into the face of a giant bull elephant. You're standing right between his enormous tusks and his trunks playing with the wiry stuff on the top of your head, your hair trying to work out if it can be eaten. Thankfully, after a few nasty tugs, it decides it can't be eaten, and as silently as it came, it disappears off into the forest. And then, as you look around, you see some hedgehogs snuffling in the bushes nearby, and there in the distance, you see some deer and gazelle moving majestically away. The creator's at work, and you want to see it. So you work your way through the forest, trying to find the clearing where God is at work. After a long search, you eventually find the place where God himself is in his act of creation. You've arrived just in time to see him starting on his last creature. There are still a few animals around, a little puppy that seems so happy with everything, it looks like its tail's about to wag off, but he soon disappears off into the forest to investigate all the wonderful new smells. And as the creator works, soon the horses and giraffes realise that this new animal is going to be altogether smaller than them, and they lift their noses in a very superior manner and wander off into the forest. So it's only you and the monkeys left watching the creator at work, and then something urgent seems to demand the monkeys' attention high up in the trees above, and they run off screaming and shouting and chasing one another, until it's only you left watching the creator take incredible care as he makes this last creature. Now, this creature is to be altogether different from all the others, for it's to be like God himself. Oh yes, it still has legs and needs food, and it's going to live and work in this world that God's made. But it's to be able to think and reason and work things out. And God's going to give it a job. It's going to have to look after this world and take care of it in a way that'll make God happy. But most of all, this creature and its children are being made to have a loving relationship with God himself. God the Creator will be their father, and they will be his children. And to show this, the Creator, God himself, blows the breath of life into the nostrils of the first man, and he comes to life. The Creator's looking across at you now and smiling. It's time for you to go, but don't worry, the Creator's not going to leave. He didn't create this world like a big clock that he wound up and left a run down. No, he's going to stay involved all the way through. He's going to plant a garden for the man to live and work in. And before long, he's going to make a wife for the man, and they'll have children. No, don't worry. God's still involved in his creation, and he always will be. 
He's made it and he loves it. He's made you and he loves you too. This story is based on Genesis chapters 1 and 2. 